Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perry Rizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today, we're sticking with our spiritual spring cleaning, and we're moving forward into the next section or the next exercise, I'll suggest, in the context of adopting a philosophical practice. So we talked about silence, which I think is sort of the sustaining element, the necessary element, the beginning element of creating your own philosophical practice. So the next thing I want to offer is this idea that I characterize as Socratic questioning. We'll talk a little bit about why it's Socratic. But before we get there, let's talk about the nature and the importance of questions. So there's a great book I recommend, or I think I've already recommended it. It's called The Socrates Express by Eric Weiner, W-E-I-N-E-R. I've read only parts of it so far, but one part I've read that I really enjoyed was his section on Socrates. And for him, in the Socratic way of thinking and being about questions, every question is a cry to understand ourselves. So of course, when we're here on this podcast talking about philosophy as the art of living, with its imperatives of self-knowledge and self-care, we have to talk about questions, right? Questions are a pathway to understanding ourselves. As Wayne Ress says, I think says really nicely in this quote, right? The focus of Socratic questioning for Wiener, I think, is this idea of how. We want to focus on how questions. Things like, how can I lead a happier life? How can I lead a more meaningful life? How can I help others? The how question, right? We're not, we're not necessarily only defining things, right? What is this? What is that? We want to move into a space where we're encouraging ourselves to live in a different way. As we talked about silence as a powerful tool for transformation from the perspective of Picard, we want to then see questions, I think, as sort of, I don't even want to say additions to the silence, because that doesn't necessarily capture it. The questions are the guiding force. They're ways that we can work with silence to kind of guide our thinking, right? It's kind of like an inner upheaval in a sense through questioning. Socrates famously said of the people that he would engage with in dialogue, right? He would pose questions to them. He, it was a process of revealing, right? Famously said, right, I can't teach anyone anything. The questions would encourage the person to look inward, to see themselves kind of like in, in, a, in a mirror in a sense through the questions. So these questions, of course, can sort of be gathered thematically by what it is in your life you want to work on, what you want to develop. But you start to see yourself and the world as things that are grounds for questions. And these questions create possibilities. These questions create directions that we can move in, that we can think and feel in. Right? Again, how is the word that we want to think here? Why as well? What as well, of course, can play a role when we're in our practices, right? But the how is really, I think, when we start getting into the idea of self-care. Right. Why? Well, the how is going to move us into action. What is the problem? Okay, let's characterize it. That's important. Why is it there? Yes, we need to know that too. Why should I solve it? Of course, we need those things. The why, we could argue, is maybe the most important because it fuels the how. But when it comes to self-care, I think, we want to really make sure we're not ignoring the how questions. Because that is, once again, where things become real. For Jean-Paul Sartre, right, there's no reality outside of action. How am I going to do it, I think, is sort of the final step into action. 
For Socrates, it wasn't enough that you might be able to define courage. He wanted you to actually be courageous. And the stepping stone, let's say, between the what is courage and why bother with courage and then actually acting courageously, if we're talking about philosophical meditation, is the how. How can I be courageous today is what makes philosophy real. That's what makes philosophy a way of life and an art of living, not only an art of thinking. Right? So we have this great idea or a couple ideas from Wayner in this book. And now we want to make sure we understand when I'm saying care for the self through questioning, right? When he's saying that a question is a cry to understand ourselves, we have to make sure we're all referring to the same kind of self. I would call this a Socratic self. Of course, Socrates is not the only person, obviously, that views the self in this way. This is very popular uh, throughout ancient philosophy and beyond, right? And I want to grab this definition of the self. Well, let's say grab this definition of the soul, because for me and for Socrates, I believe the self he's referring to is the soul. Self equals soul in the way that we're referring to the self and in the way that we're understanding the self. So your self is not even, let's say, and this is an interesting point, I think, your self cannot only be your body. The soul is in governance of the body. So the body is, let's say, connected to the soul, which is the self. Importantly, right? I'm not at all supporting a philosophy that detaches the mind from the body. I think it's one of the weirdest things we've done in philosophy or done to philosophy, let's say, is to sort of treat ourselves like we're brains in a jar. No, it's connected. Everything's connected, right? Mind, body, and soul. All that connects. That being said, the soul is first. The soul, again, governs the body. So when we say self, we really are meaning soul. So what is the soul? This is from a book called Pursuits of Wisdom. I have not finished this book either. I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to stop admitting that. But it's been interesting so far, and it's by John M. Cooper, and he provides the following in terms of a definition of the soul. He says, the soul is that with which we live our active lives, our assessments of value, our decisions, our desires, our choices. All these depend essentially and directly upon the soul. So you're, the way you understand the value of things, the way you, like, let's say, make judgments of things, your decisions, your desires, your choices, right? Think about just, let's say, the extensive amount of meaningful conversation you can have with yourself through Socratic questioning on why you value what you value, on why you choose to do the things you choose to do. Why do you want the things you want? We have to figure this out. If not, these things are so easily, especially now with our constant connection to the internet and to the world, these things are so easily implanted in us if we're not vigilant through something like a philosophical practice. We have to know what we want, and we have to want to want what we want. We have to examine it. We have to question it. The choices we make, we have to examine them. We have to heighten our consciousness around these things. To kind of build this out a little bit more too, this is a great definition from Daryl DeMarzo, who is an educational philosopher, brilliant work, Google him, got a lot of great information about Socrates, right? He says, the self, right, again, we're talking about the self as soul here, is the ruling faculty of the body and is in governance, quote, of instrumental action, of relationships with other people, of behavior and attitudes in general, 
and the subject also of relationship to oneself. So we're even extending this idea of what the soul is responsible for even further. Your soul is a huge thing, right? It's, it's really, again, to say it's what we live our active lives with, it is essential that we examine these things. Our relationships with others, the soul is governing that to a large extent, I would say. Our relationship to ourselves, of course the soul is a part of that. The way we take action, of course the soul is a part of that. Right, and Weiner talks about this, and I really refer a lot in my mind to Socrates in the Apology. He went around Athens telling people, don't care for your reputation, don't care for your status, don't care for your wealth. First, care about this soul thing. This is what we're actually doing here. You want to have a better relationship with your siblings? You have to think about your soul. Because what might be getting in the way of that relationship? Well, you might be desiring that they behave in a certain way. And maybe there's a problem there. Or you might be putting too much emphasis or value on something they're saying, and that's damaging the relationship. Or maybe you're not valuing the relationship enough in your life. You're not prioritizing it. You're not taking enough action. You haven't thought about, how should I be a brother? You haven't examined your decisions, your choices, your actions in the past. right? Because the how questions have to be in different modes. right? It has to be, how can I? That's future-oriented. It has to be, how have I? That's oriented towards the past. And of course, it has to be, how am I right now? How am I today? It's more towards the present. So we have to move in these different time, sort of, let's say, categories, in addition to moving in all these different ways in which the soul is governing our lives. Think about your decisions, your choices, your desires, your relationships. It's sort of what Socrates was saying. Now, when we pair this a little bit with Stoicism, right, we might say, well, let's put it through this lens. The four virtues of Stoicism we talk about exhaustively on this podcast. I think they're very interesting, right? Once again, courage, wisdom, temperance slash discipline, and justice. If we take those virtues and use this idea of the Socratic how, how am I living these things? We might get some really good information there. Am I treating everyone in my world justly? If you don't check in on that, you run the risk, I think, of maybe developing some bad habits. Same thing goes for courage, right? I think such an interesting, I've always grappled with this, right? When like, uh, and there's like the personal development realm, it's like do something that scares you every day. I don't love that. I, I would rather say do something every day that calls forth your courage. Weird, maybe it's a, it's a weird translation of that and we can maybe say it better, right? But ultimately, I don't think we should search for fear and stop there, right? The idea for me is, well, okay, I don't, I don't want to just be afraid. I wouldn't tell someone I love, hey, just be afraid today. I would say, well, okay, be afraid, but then do something about it. And then that's what courage is, right? Confidence is on the other side of fear, right? So the idea for me would be, and I've actually been saying this to myself, to myself with myself recently, and it's been really nice. It's like, all right, well, how could I express courage today? And that could be in, you know, just in my own thinking, it could be in my own acting, it could be in a way that other people might notice or might not notice. It's not about that. It's about this question, right? And that I think could be very fulfilling. Talk about the same thing, right? With discipline or temperance and justice as well. Maybe when we're at work, we're a little bit rude to people or when we're at work, we want to be a little more patient. We want to treat people in a way that we think is more fair. Or maybe someone's saying, hey, look, you didn't treat me fairly this week. Well, we can't just necessarily 
respond well before we ask a question. Well, is that accurate? How have I been acting? Right back to how, right? So this for me is an important part of a philosophical practice. The general idea of the Socratic question, working on these how things, focusing on our souls, focusing to understand ourselves. And as we'll have in the next episode, this process, in my opinion, predictably so, is really facilitated nicely by some self-writing. This to me, this meaning, of course, Socratic questioning, is a tremendously powerful pathway to improving your life. If you sat with some questions, and if, again, you saw yourself in the world and your habits and just really everything as grounds for asking questions, it opens up our, ourselves, right? It opens up our own minds. And I think it opens up the world too in a way where it's like, you know what? It's, it's more, how do I put this? Hmm. It creates a sense of openness that I've enjoyed as I've adopted this more and more. I mean, I, I have an obsession with questions. Not to plug this, but one of my projects I've published that I like, I don't love it. I'll be very honest with you. I don't love how the books came out. The publisher didn't. I wanted, to, I wanted them to feel more like journals, and now I'm like encouraging you not to go buy it on Amazon. But ultimately, I think there's some great questions in there. And I mention this because, of course, I don't want to leave you today without a list of questions that I think might be good starting points. And this list comes from my second book called 100 Conversations You Need to Have. And it's actually a trilogy. So if you're interested on it or to uh, read it, it's on Amazon. And just search 100 Conversations You Need to Have and Perry Rizopoulos. R-I-Z-O-P-O-U-L-O-S. And I do think overall it's a pretty good project. I think the questions are interesting. Each page you open has a question on one side with some space to write. Then on the adjacent page you have a quote from philosophy that I think is helpful. So on that note, I want to offer up some questions that I think might be helpful in getting started. Of course, if you're interested in some Socratic questioning. Just give me one second here. And these are all featured in the book, and each book has 100 questions, of course, right? So, what are your highest purposes? How should you grow? How often are you doing, quote, nothing? How are you taking action in life? How are you not taking action in life? How do you respond to change? Is the grass always greener on the other side? Why, why not? What makes you happy? How could you establish better happiness habits? When are you impatient? What are you planning to do? When do you get discouraged? What do you want? When do you take time to reflect? How do you respond to traffic, both in life and when driving? Who will you become this year? What influences you? How do you procrastinate? When do you rush? How do you create a more just world? How do you express love? How do you move? How do you speak? What do you expect this week? When was the last time you genuinely smiled? What should you start doing? What should you stop doing? How are you a good friend? How much time do you spend thinking about time? How do you care for yourself? What are your most important beliefs? What are your biggest fears? How do you create balance? 
How have your relationships grown this year? How should they continue to grow? What are your goals for today? How do you handle failure? When do you learn? How do you learn? How do you impact the world? Are you a perfectionist? How do you make choices? How do you handle anger? Why will you get out of bed tomorrow? What in your life is new? What do you focus on most? How and when do you stop to smell the roses? How do you challenge yourself? What are the three words that describe you best? What will, you, what will be your next achievement? How do you encourage others? What obstacle is in the way of you becoming who you should become? So maybe get started with those. I would say grab one to three, take some time. Tomorrow we'll have some ideas on self-writing and maybe adopt a little bit of a self-writing practice with some of those questions. And who knows, maybe go out and get the trilogy and spend some time with it. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon.